Now on Radio Italia Uno, it's time to change the world with Matt McQuinley. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And the glow from that fire can truly light the world. We focus on changing the world for the better by taking personal responsibility, canceling cancel culture, discussing and listening to each other on topics like leadership, cultural trends, business, history, and more. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Right now on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Hello and welcome to Change the World with Matt McQuinley. We have a very intriguing guest today. As you're probably aware, it's the 18th day since the Russian Federation invaded the sovereign nation of Ukraine. Russia has as many as 190,000 troops in and around Ukraine currently. They are following up on the 2014 invasion of the Donbass region and the annexation of Crimea. They've already captured Kyrgyzstan on the Black Sea. Maripol is still besieged, as is the capital, Kiev, and the second largest city in Ukraine, Kharkiv, which is the biggest industrial city in the Ukraine. Two nuclear power plants have been taken. The largest nuclear power plant in all of Europe has been shelled. Currently, there are rattlings about potential use of chemical and biological weapons. There have been reports, which some are unconfirmed, of vacuum bombs, cluster bombs, and white phosphorus being used. There is a huge humanitarian disaster unfolding in the Ukraine, with the UN acknowledging 560-plus civilian casualties so far. The Ukrainian government believes that number to be in the thousands. The Ukrainian government states that over 12,000 Russian soldiers have been killed so far, and the Russian government admits to 500. The Ukrainians have put up a defense against the larger and far better equipped Russian bear that has amazed the world. Against that backdrop, the nations and people of the world are starting to rally to Ukraine's aid, but will it be enough, or is it too little too late? To that point, we introduce Alex Berlesky who has relatives and friends in Ukraine, Ukraine's second largest city, as mentioned before, Kharkiv, and is fundraising as well as doing everything he can to help the 2.5 million Ukrainians who have fled their homeland and the approximately 42 million still there in mortal danger. Hello, Alex. Thank you for coming out today. I know that you've got a lot on your plate. Uh, uh, we really appreciate you having you here today. Uh, hi, Mike, uh, and hi, uh, very well. welcome to your listeners. And uh, Thank you very much for having me and actually talking about this subject. It's so important, uh, so important for the world to realize that uh, it's not only Ukraine which is in mortal danger. Uh, it is the world which is in mortal danger. Well, I, I, my understanding, like I said before, is that you have relatives in Kharkiv, especially on your wife's side. That's Can you correct. tell us a little bit about what you're hearing? Uh, that's correct. Uh, yeah, my brother-in-law and uh, his wife and uh, his 15-year-old son, uh, they've been sheltering since the day one of the invasion, and uh, we are in every day's communication to them, and it's been nothing but scary. Uh, they are getting by. Uh, they've got some food left, but uh, getting food and getting medicine is becoming extremely, extremely difficult and dangerous with constant shelling, like the relentless shelling and relentless uh, airstrikes. And uh, what, what makes it even more difficult uh, that we are able to watch it in virtually live. Uh, like uh, there are lots of uh, telegram channels uh, which we can uh, watch, watch videos with uh, missile strikes in the center of our beautiful city. It's just absolutely heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. 
plus we have a number of friends, uh, old friends, um, school friends, uni friends, uh, army friends uh, who are still there and uh, they're in the same situation. Uh, some, some of them managed to send their families away. Uh, some of them just uh, now wa waiting out in w in western Ukraine, in Karpaty region, uh, Lviv region. Uh, some of them, they already crossed the border to Poland uh, and to, to Germany. I just spoke to my auntie uh, just yesterday who arrived to Germany uh, on a, on a, like a mercy bus, uh, evacuation bus um, organized by Jewish community in Kharkiv. And... Uh, uh, my heart goes out to all of them, uh, to my relatives and someone else's relatives and everybody who is uh, in this absolutely precarious situation. I know that you're doing uh, a lot to try to help out. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the things you're doing? Well, I don't want to take credit for, for this. It's, uh, there are a number of uh, charities which have U programs to help Ukrainian refugees. The one I'm um, trying to help is uh, Rotary Club with uh, association with the Ukrainian Association of Ukrainians in Australia. Um, there is, uh, it's, uh, their website is ukrainecrisisappeal.org, or you can just Google Ukraine Crisis Appeal, and every dollar is very, very much welcome. Please donate, please dig deep. These people are in urgent need. They, they had no warning, even though, even though like the uh, American government and the other governments were talking about for Russian build-up of troops for at least two months before the invasion, nobody would believe it. Uh, even internal local Ukraine, even President Zelensky would, would urge uh, not to panic, and uh, everybody was thinking that Putin is bluffing. Uh, but uh, he's a madman. And uh, so as we found out, he was not bluffing. Uh, so please, uh, these people need help. Like, like in case of um, my brother-in-law, they didn't even buy essential food. Uh, mm. when, when the shelling started, they, they had empty fridge and empty, empty storage. They didn't have um, canned food. They didn't have any biscuits or anything which, uh, like long-life food. They didn't have any. Mm. Yeah, well, it, it was really a shock. I mean, everybody thought uh, Putin was just, you know, playing a game to, to try to, uh, to get, get the best wants. deal. Yeah. You know, I mean, after Afghanistan, he figured he could negotiate with uh, – you know NATO and and the United States. Um, what what are uh, what are some other things that can be done to help out the Ukraine? Uh, well, what, what can be done now? The, the the most important thing for Ukraine is closing the sky. Uh, this been uh, this been talked about on many news programs and many 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 different uh, people. There are I know there is a change.org petition to close the sky, but all this is really come, come to nothing because NATO is too scared to, uh, to challenge Putin. Uh, the, way, the way I see it, and I'm no expert by all, no means, but the way I see it, uh, Putin already challenged NATO, and uh, NATO just has to, has to respond. And uh, if, uh, if they wait for NATO country to be attacked, it's just a matter, uh, matter of time. It is just a matter of time. If, if uh, Putin is allowed to gobble up Ukraine, uh, he won't stop. The next would be Moldova and Georgia. These two countries, um, similar to Ukraine, in terms of they cannot be NATO members because they have um, territorial issues with Russia. Uh, and uh, these two countries are ori Western-oriented, like Ukraine, and that would be enough for a deranged madman uh, to take over them. And then what's next? If NATO is not responding, in his mind, that, that indicates that NATO is weak. And, uh, and that gives him carte blanche. 
that's a green light to invade further. And we only can hope that uh, economical sanctions, which are imposed on Russia now, uh, take effect by then. But in the meantime, Ukrainian women and children will be murdered. Just on today's news, uh, I've read that uh, one of the heavily pregnant women uh, who was bombed in Mariupol Maternity Hospital has died today, with, together with her child. I don't know like, uh, why uh, life of NATO member, member countries people is more important than life of Ukrainian people. Uh, Putin understands only rule of force. That's the only, that's only thing he understands. Mm. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a lot there to unpack. But it does seem like public opinion is shifting. I mean, I, I mean, for example, the United States would not uh, embargo oil, was still importing oil, and now the nations of the world are starting to refuse to buy no- Russian oil. So that's, I mean, that's, that's great, that's, of course, but know. every day of delay means more lives lost in Ukraine. Mm. Uh, every day of delay. The sanctions we see now should really have been imposed after Crimea, uh, 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 which is eight years ago. If, if the heavy sanctions were imposed then, there wouldn't be war. There mm-hmm. would, would not be war. Uh, but uh, Ukraine has been let down by, by the world community as far as I can see. Well, yeah, I could see why you would feel that way. That's, you know, I mean, in 94, when Ukraine gave up their nuclear weapons, I mean, the, the UK it, and the US promised their security. And, and Russia promised security. That yeah. was a famous Budapest memorandum, which is probably not worth the money it's printed on. Mm. Yeah, and that's a lesson that uh, other countries like North Korea and Iran are going to be paying attention to in Libya. Yeah, well, these are yeah. the only countries which support Russia in the UN uh, uh, vote who supported Russia. Mm. Syria, North Korea, Iran, and Eritrea. Anybody knows where Eritrea is? So let's discount them. And uh, we see that famous axis of evil. If it was high school, my mother would say, don't hang out with those guys, that's for sure. It's not the, not the good crowd. But, um, but uh, look, yeah. as far, uh, also, I think there is a hope to, for economical sections to be ratcheted up. Even, even, even small matter, like, uh, like even looking at not even in the country levels, on the company levels. Look at, uh, look at McDonald's. Just, just McDonald's. Everybody knows McDonald's. Uh, they closed all their restaurants in, in Russia, and 65,000 people lost their jobs. Well, but McDonald's keeps paying their salary. Is it a sanction? I, I just can't see how that helps these people to go out on the street and, and remove Putin from power. Uh, there is a famous saying that when the fridge wins the war against TV, that's when revolutions occur. And uh, if people get paid for no work, fridge is not going to win the war mm. against TV. There is a, a relentless propaganda in Russia, relentless propaganda. We just had a friend who returned from Moscow just uh, the other day, just a few weeks ago, uh, just, not a few weeks, a few days ago, that literally less than a week ago. She pretty much escaped on one of the last planes which was still flying out of Moscow. And um, if, if you stay there, if you watch TV for a couple of months, you will, you'll become indoctrinated. indoctrinated. Mm. Just relentless propaganda, nonstop. Mm. Non-stop. Mm. People cannot protest on the street. There are famous videos now circulating on social media when people get picked up by cops just for not even uh, bringing up a sign no, not to war. That's, that's, that's horrible. You can't mm. do that. Well, we, bringing we, up a sign with empty sheet of paper. 
mm-hmm. just empty sheet of paper, people get picked up. Mm-hmm. Even people expressing opinion pro-Putin get picked up because mm-hmm. nobody, nobody gonna check what they, what opinion they expressing. They mm-hmm. just get picked up. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the reasons why we're really lucky to be in a country like. Australia or the United States or New Zealand or Canada. But we're, we're going to leave on that quick note here, and we'll be back in just a little bit with Alex. Vuoi promuovere la tua attività? Vuoi aumentare il tuo volume di affari? Non sai a chi rivolgerti? Chiama Radio Italia 1. Il nostro staff commerciale è a disposizione per ogni informazione o preventivo personalizzato. Chiama all'82123177. Radio Italia 1. E anche tu sarai un numero uno. Sottovoce. 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 Ogni giovedì pomeriggio dalle 2.30 alle 4.30 in compagnia di Kathy e Vincenzo. Un programma di musica, interviste, curiosità e le ricette di nonna Pina. E non perdetevi la mia rubrica benessere, vi aiuterà a stare meglio. Siamo la coppia più bella del mondo. Looking for a new coffee machine for your home or workplace? Look no further than Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your experts in all things coffee. Why not come in for a chat and a special coffee tasting? You'll find us at 264 Gilbert Street in the city. Mention Radio Italia Uno and you will receive a free 250-gram bag of freshly roasted coffee beans. You can also shop online at www.fccoffee.com.au where you'll find our large range of premium roasted coffee beans, coffee machines, accessories, hot chocolates, teas and lots, lots more. I'm Danielle from Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things caffeine. Radio Italia Uno You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. We're back here with Alex, and in the last session we were talking about, uh, you, you mentioned that this is not just a Ukrainian problem, this is a world problem. Uh, wh- why do you feel that people, in a, I mean, I, besides the ethical considerations, obviously, Okay, why do you think Australians should care about what happens in Ukraine all the way on the other side of the world? Well, the easiest uh, thing to say would be look at your petrol bowser prices, but it's nothing. It is nothing compared to the danger uh, this war is posing to not only to uh, Europe, to Australia, to the world. Uh, Putin is the man who is uh, living in different reality. He doesn't have the picture of the world. He doesn't know how the world lives. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't know that, he really does not. He doesn't use internet. He doesn't know what YouTube is. Um, everything is given to him by his advisors. Um, he's uh, absolutely hell-bent on the, his imperial ambitions. He's, he's building a big Russian empire. He compares himself to a Tsar who assembled Russian lands. And for him, uh, he wants to leave a legacy of, uh, of a Tsar who rebuilt Russian Empire. With absolute disregard of uh, populations of these lands, what they want, what, uh, what they don't want, uh, that doesn't bother him. He doesn't care about his own people. He sends uh, uh, conscripts, 18, 19-year-old kids, uh, to slaughter without even equipping them, without even training them while claiming that all of them are, all of them are professional army soldiers. Um, 
uh, they kept in the dark. They 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 think they go to training, and then fa- uh, suddenly they find themselves uh, in a hell of a war. Uh, there there is hope. There is hope that um, Ukrainian army is well better trained, well better equipped, and they can win the war uh, if Putin doesn't use lethal, deadly nuclear weapons. But with this deranged man, this possibility cannot be discounted. Another thing which the way I think this represents danger to the world, Metal already mentioned nuclear power stations and uh, Zaporizhka uh, nuclear power station is six times bigger than Chernobyl. And it is a working power station. Uh, So just think of six Chernobyls. Is it enough? Uh, to to say she was down your spine. Okay, let's not uh, let's not worry about nuclear power stations. He's clearly threatening NATO. Uh, if you look at pro- his propaganda, uh, Russian population is well and firmly uh, supporting him, supporting him. If you look at their slogans, what, what they say, what they what they say in social media, they are all for the war. They are all ready to threaten threaten NATO. And uh, NATO, uh, like normal military force, is far more superior than Russian. Far more superior than Russian. If if Ukrainians can hold can uh, can uh, hold them, uh, NATO would destroy them, uh, and which leaves Putin with only one option: nuclear. And that's why I think it is we, the world is in grave danger. In my opinion, and I'm not professional by all means. In my opinion, this crisis is uh, is uh, more severe and more threatening than 1962 Caribbean crisis. Mm. Because uh, at that time, nobody was suicidal. Putin is suicidal. Mm. Wow. Yeah, well, he, his uh, justification for invading Ukraine was that NATO was, you know, he had to protect Russia from NATO as well as he had to denazify Ukraine, which I found amazing because, uh, you know, as far as I'm aware, uh Ukraine is the only country out of 190-some that has a Jewish president uh, or prime minister or, or leader uh, beside, outside of Israel. And I believe he was voted in with 73% of the popular vote. So, I mean, if you guys are Nazis, you're really bad ones. Yeah. Uh, You've got to go back and read Mein Kampf or something. Uh, 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 anti-Nazis. I, you know, I don't I mean, I'm sure there's a small, small contingent like there is in every country in the world, but... Yeah, it just it, it doesn't make any sense, and, and and I guess currently now he's saying things like the United States government has uh, uh, chemical weapons and biological uh, facilities in Ukraine, you know. So to me, that sounds like he's trying to come up with an excuse to use them himself. I mean, I I can't imagine we would have those kind of facilities. We we would have that kind of stuff in the United States where we can. You know, keep it under wraps. We're not going to have it overseas. You know, look, uh, all these excuses is just just only excuses, and they're they're obvious. It is obvious that all this is just uh, just an excuse to invade. Um, what's interesting, what I find interesting, and the feeling I'm getting that the idea of denazifying and demilitarizing Ukraine is somehow just moved to the back burner in the last few days. Uh, 
Now, the, the, on the front burner, we've got this idea of biological weapon laboratories. It's um, it's an interesting fact because it is, in fact, could be partially true. If you uh, there are some bio labs which study viruses, which many countries have them. Australia has them as well. Uh, every country study viruses like mm-hmm. like flu virus, etc. And I know there is a program by the United States to support such a lab- laboratories financially. So, is it a bioweapon lab? Well, it's only in the inflamed mind on Putin. Yeah, well, you can present it as such, yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we do lots of experiments with smallpox and lots of other things. Yeah, but the, the, how, how else would you know these viruses unless you, uh, unless you study them? Mm. Uh, so but you can call it biological lab? Yes. Does it need financing? Oh, yes. It does need a lot of finance, especially with uh, COVID and all that. Uh, every country in the world probably studies these viruses. So let's bomb them all. Mm. Well, it's a little bit, well, not totally, but it's a little bit like calling the Boy Scouts a paramilitary organization, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe not that quite that ridiculous, but well, I mean... Well, I, you just mentioned you know. that Boy Scouts paramilitary. If you look at Boy Scouts in Russia, or so-called Cossacks mm. in Russia, look at their training. Mm-hmm. It, is not, it is well and truly paramilitary training. And look at the indoctrination they go through. It's well and truly military indoctrination and uh, Russian supremacy. Um, well, you can call it racist, you, you can call it, might not call it racist, but it's clearly Russian supremacy. Uh, and uh, uh, this kind of training is very much prevalent in Russia. Mm. Well, yeah. I, I mean, you could, I could suppose, what would you say to people that would make the argument that every country does that? You know, I'm, I was in the Boy Scouts of America. I was an Eagle Scout. You know, we said the Pledge of Allegiance. We said, you know, you know I mean, we, I was brought up to red, white, and blue, you know? So, I mean, what do you... Yeah, well, military games, there is nothing wrong with military games. I know there is some battle reconstructions happening in Australia, medieval festivals and all that, where people hit each other with pretend swords. I can't see anything wrong with this. But if you brainwash your kids, mm. that Russian nation is a supreme nation, and uh, we, we are oppressed and hated by all the world because we are Russians, that's a bit different. I don't think you've been trained like that. Man. No, no. It's, and that's ab- absolutely the recipe for disaster. Once you think you're superior to everyone else, that's when you, that's when you have the right to mistreat others. And that's where another parallel with Hitler and his uh, our area, whatever it's called, nation, building uh, was it's very very much parallel to this Mm. very similar wow well it's so it seems a little bit like uh the focus should be uh one of the things that you're trying to accomplish to help out um the country of your birth is to change public opinion um and you've mentioned mcdonald's before in the minute or so we have left you know what what's your your feedback on that i mean a lot of co- companies are pulling out of ukraine mcdonald's starbucks all from these companies I'm, I'm sorry from russia i apologize um but uh it is great it is great uh, uh, large companies the car manufacturing in russia virtually stopped overnight mm-hmm. uh, what i've read in the news just recently out of 14 manufacturers of uh, vehicles in russia only four still work and uh, they they have uh, problems with parts it's funny, but one of the truck manufacturers, uh, Kamaz, which is uh, um, uh, just quite large plant, they can't get uh, the cabins for their trucks, which they used to buy from uh, Mercedes. So they, they are going back to the cabin design 1976. Mm. And I'm not kidding. It is 1976. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that, there's a lot of, lot of uh, crazy and challenging things happening right now. That's for sure. 
So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a little bit uh, right after these messages. How good is Mighty Joe's? They're brilliant. Mighty Joe's is the largest fruit market in South Australia. They handle all Italian small goods. And a family business. Yeah, that's right. Four decades. Joe and Francesco, they're proud to present fresh produce from local growers and local produce markets, passing massive savings on to you. And their service is so friendly. Tell me about the opening hours. Absolutely. They're open 7 until 7, Monday to Friday, and 7 until 5, Saturday and Sundays. And they have weekly bargains and specials, like nuts and fruit and veg, cold meats, pastas, and plenty more. And they've got a new shop. They certainly have. Mighty Joe's are now at 115 Finden Road, Woodville. Check their Facebook page, Mighty Joe's Fruit Market. I need some fruit and veg. I'm heading down right now. I'll come down with you. Are you looking for an Italian restaurant that boasts cuisine inspired by the Amalfi Coast and the Campania region? Introducing Lombra Cantina Cucina and Pizzeria. Boasting classically trained Italian chefs, recreating wonderful culinary memories of your last visit back home. Italian food that takes your breath away. Squid ink pasta, allo scolio. Spaghetti vongola, napoletana pizza. This wonderful addition to Adelaide's flourishing Italian culture opens on Monday, March the 21st for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And Lombra can cater for all of your celebrations, christenings, birthdays, family gatherings and private functions. Enjoy the food, the wine and wonderful service and leave the rest to Davida and Fabio. Lombra Cantina Cucina and Pizzeria. 15 Charles Street, Westlakes. Email to book chow at lombra.com.au. That's C-I-A-O at lombra.com.au. Or call Davida 0417 It's an experience you will never forget. Ciao, sono Simone Berliat e vi aspetto ogni domenica alle ore 16 con Pillole di Agri Adventures, dove parleremo di cibo, turismo enogastronomico e produzione locale in Adelaide e Sud Australia. Seguitemi su Radio Italia 1, Facebook e sui social di Agri Adventures. Buon ascolto! Ora più che mai... L'assistenza che le famiglie conoscono e di cui si fidano è qui per te, a bene. Con i nostri servizi di assistenza domiciliare, i tuoi cari diventano nostri. Offriamo servizi di supporto sociale e assistenza per fare la spesa ed Andrea si è sentito completamente a suo agio. Il personale è stato fantastico, fornendomi supporto sociale a casa. Bene, fornisce servizi per mantenere uno stile di vita attivo e di benessere, assistenza domiciliare o residenziale agli anziani, con rispetto e calore, con bene. Sei in famiglia. Chiamaci all'81 31 2000 o visitaci su bene.org.au Foodland's proudly owned by South Australian families like mine. Our stores are our second home and just like home, we want you to feel safe and looked after when you visit. Thankfully, our customers have always acted like Mighty South Aussies when shopping with us, which, by the way, supports all the local family-owned brands who produce the essentials you find on our shelves. Great families, great locals and great food lives here. Foodland. The Mighty South Aussie 
Radio Italia 1. You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. We're back with Alex Brelevsky. Sorry about that. Sorry, I'm from Chicago, so I've got so many skis from where I'm from. I should have done that better. I apologize. I just got a little tongue-tied there. That's Sorry okay. about not that. Not the first, not the last. Yeah, but... Um, uh, there's still no excuse, so sorry about that. But I, you were talking a little bit in the last session about McDonald's and how they've put off uh, 65,000 workers, uh, you know, uh, but they're still paying them. They've closed operations, but uh, they're, they're still paying them. I mean, I, I can understand your passion and saying, hey, don't pay those people because it's not really a sanction, but – at the same time, you know, what do you say to people that say, hey, just because an eight – I mean and, – and I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm just saying that there's two sides to everything. You know, I mean what do you say to somebody that says, OK, just because an eight-year-old Ukrainian girl is suffering, an eight-year-old Russian girl should suffer because the leadership is you know, not handling things the way they should be handled? It's, it's not exactly my point. Um, I don't want any girl to suffer, Russian, Ukrainian, Sudanese, you name it, a, any girl. I don't mm-hmm. want anybody to suffer. Mm-hmm. But Russian government is, uh, is there in Russia, and it is up to Russian people to remove it, to remove it and save themselves. They have to save, save themselves to start with. Yes, it is difficult. I understand it takes courage to go out and uh, and protest because you know for hundred percent you'll be picked up and probably beaten up uh, and put to jail. Yes, but it is Russian bombs which fall on Ukrainian cities uh, at the moment, and if Russian people don't stop uh, Russian government madness, who will? Who will? And. Uh, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's very hard to say that. I, I'm very sympathetic with every single Russian, but I'm not sympathetic with Russian uh, people as a, as a country. Hmm. Well, they, they have to be – I mean, that's – yeah, they're, the, the people of Russia are in a tough position. I mean, they know that one million people were, have been killed in Lubyanka prison of their, of their own citizens for, for speaking, you know, during the Cold War. So uh, it's just – uh, and, and during World War Two, so well, there are know. reports that like ten thousand or maybe tens of thousands of Russian people protest, and they get arrested and and taken to custody. But if there was ten million, there would uh, there would be no, not enough custody, not enough cops for them. Mm. Uh, that, that, that's all I can say, and uh, it is in it is in Russian hands. And yeah, I know they they brainwashed, they brainwashed to the brim. Uh, they don't believe uh, anything which is not coming out uh, from TV. They they only believe what's coming off TV. So what makes them change their opinion? Well, I guess empty fridge. That's that's the point. That the fridge has to win the war mm. against TV. Mm. So your argument is uh, hit him where it hurts. You know? Exactly. And, and, exactly. Mm. And the sooner the better. The sooner the better. In America, we say people vote with their wallet. So exactly. that's basically that's the exact point. Yeah, but, but if if you have money in the wallet, that's great. Look, I don't even need to go to work to McDonald's because I get paid anyway, so I can watch more TV and absorb more propaganda. Mm. What are some other things that you think can be done? You know, laymen can do to help out. Uh, who? Layman, normal, yo, average Joes, as we uh, say. Average Joe. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> or yeah, you, you, didn't hear, you, you didn't hear the term layman. Must yeah. be must be very American. Yeah. Sorry. Um, 
Look, we can put pressure on our governments. Uh, I, I know that the Australian government is working uh, day and night trying to uh, make up laws for um, to uh, to help Ukrainian crisis, to to allow uh, refugees into Australia and just put up framework and um, allow money and all what government does for that. And we are very, very appreciative of this. I'm, I'm absolutely grateful uh, to governments of uh, Eastern Europe countries who support U- Ukrainian refugees, and not only Eastern European. I know that uh, people go from Poland, to go, they go further. My my own auntie is in Germany now. I just moved to Germany. Yeah, I believe I read that Poland's taken over one million refugees. Yes, heads so off. Far. Heads off to our Polish friends. Uh, we are so thankful. But you, you I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go on. Uh, yeah, but uh, we, we we need to hit where it hurts. I, there are still countries which fly to Russia and allow Russian plane, planes to fly to them. Probably, probably world governments can put a bit of pressure on them. I know that uh, there, is, there are safe havens in Maldives, in Maldives for yachts of uh, Russian oligarchs. Why can't we put pressure on them to, to, uh, to kick them out? So these yachts could be seized, sold, and the money given to Ukraine for, to recover. Um, uh, th- there are a lot of uh, lot of talks about sanctions where uh, assets of Russian central bank is frozen and uh, oligarchs' as- assets are frozen. Why frozen? Why not confiscated? Why not uh, uh, this money should be confiscated and spent on Ukraine, on assisting Ukraine? Uh, hit them where it hurts. Hit as hard as possible because it's too late. Otherwise, it, it could be even... The, the, the every day's wait means more civilian deaths, more destruction. They they hit everything. They 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 send missile into neighborhoods, into uh, historic buildings, into museums. In, they have they have no regard. They're barbarians. What would you say to people that say that you know part of this is the Ukrainians brought this on themselves? In that you know if they just you know, acceded to Putin's demands, because this is what they say in Russia. If they just accede to Putin's demands, you know, they wouldn't have this problem. The war would be over. There would be no, these people wouldn't die. This is their government being stubborn. You know? uh, yes, I hear, I hear all these arguments. Uh, my, my message to them would be, my message to them would be, if you should have noticed that in 1991, Ukraine has become an independent country. As, as well as Russian Federation, as, as well as Belarus and uh, other former Soviet republics. Uh, this uh, independence of Ukraine uh, has been recognized by every country in the world, by United Nations. The, uh, the borders have been recognized, uh, but there was no, no border issues at all in 1991. Since then, Ukraine is an independent country. Um, Russia is concerned about NATO expansion, but let's look at the reason why NATO is, NATO is expanding. Isn't it because that Russia threatens its neighbors? Even countries like Sweden and Finland these days, which used to be neutral for, for year for decades, they've always been neutral and always been uh, loyal to Soviet Union and then to Russia. Now they're talking about NATO membership. Is it NATO encroaching Russia again? Are you going to bomb Finland and Sweden? Mm. Well, that's, that's definitely a lot to think about. Um, well, we're going to pick, pick up on a little bit of that uh, a- after just a couple messages here. independence is everything. Brazier Mobility has been creating independence for people for over 30 years. Brazier Mobility specialises in tailored vehicle solutions to keep you active, ensuring your vehicle modification suits your needs, offering you unlimited freedom. 
Brazier Mobility boasts a team of highly skilled technicians working in a state-of-the-art facility located here in South Australia. No compromises are made when it comes to client satisfaction. Call them for a friendly chat on 1800 Brazier or visit their website braziermobility.com.au Brazier Mobility, creating independence. I'm Peter Salerno. Please join me on Happy Business Radio every Monday, 2 to 3 p.m. on Radio Italia Uno. We have lots of fun with very interesting guests. We talk about how to start, build and increase your business. Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Bed sale on right now at Save-A-Lot Beds. Lowest prices in Adelaide. Save hundreds or even thousands. New orthopedic beds in queen or double for only $4.49. Australian-made queen or double mattresses for only $1.99. King-size pillow-top mattresses for only $4.99. Get the good night's sleep you deserve. Save-A-Lot Beds sale is on right now at 634 Port Road in Beverly. Don't miss out. Get down to Save-A-Lot Beds at 634 Port Road, Beverly for the massive double queen and king-size bed sale. Estovest, a restaurant that offers traditional Italian food that Nonna would approve of. Famous for gnocchi and authentic Napolitana-style pizza. And every Thursday night, you can enjoy unlimited pizza for just $25. Wonderful coffee and staff that make you feel special. Estovest, Shop 1, 111 Angus Street in the city. To book, visit their website, estovest.com.au, and click on Book Now. You'll feel like you're in Italy. Radio Italia 1. You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Alex, in the last session when you were talking about Finland, that reminded me of the, the winter war that Finland and Russia had in 39 and 40. Maybe that's a model that will work out for Ukraine where, uh, you know, the, the Finland fought Russia to a standstill. Uh, they kept their government. You know, they made a little bit of, uh, what's it called, concessions, but, uh, you know, they stayed neutral, which is what Putin really wants. Uh, I mean, do you see something like that happening? I'm pretty sure uh, Zelensky, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, already mentioned that uh, uh, Ukraine's neutrality can be discussed. He he already mentioned that uh, Ukraine is losing interest in NATO because mm. NATO let them down. Mm. And uh, I've, heard an I've heard someone else's phrase. I'm not really sure where I heard it, but I really liked it, and I would like to repeat it on radio. It is not Ukraine who needs to join NATO. It is NATO who needs to join Ukraine. Mm. Because Ukraine put up such a fight that nobody expected. And uh, Vladimir Zelensky, who is former comedian, he became a world leader. He became a war hero and war leader, uh, unlike his uh, Russian counterpart who doesn't leave his bunker. Mm. Well, in just a few uh, few seconds we have left, can you tell us again how the website to help out the Ukrainian people? Uh, yes, uh, I, I do urge everybody to help because it's so many people displaced and uh, these people are urgent need of help. And it's not only in Australia, it's all over the world. And uh, the website I'm trying to support and promote is uh, ukrainecrisisappeal.org. It's one word, ukrainecrisisappeal.org. Uh, please donate, please dig deep. It is to the very, very noble cause. 
Well, I want to thank you for being here with us today, Alex. And Mark, I'd like, Mark, I'd like to thank you for paneling for us. And, of course, I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Uh, as always, I'll leave you with a brief inspirational message. Thank you very much for having me. This inspirational message is brought to you by Save-A-Lot Beds. You deserve a good night's sleep. Visit their showroom at 634 Port Road in Beverly or call them on 1-300-791919. On April 14th, 1866, one of many little girls was born to poverty in Massachusetts to poor Irish immigrants who had fled the Great Potato Famine in Ireland. At five, she contracted a bacterial eye disease which caused multiple painful infections and made her nearly blind. Three years later, at the age of eight, her mother died of tuberculosis. Her father abandoned her and his other two children. The youngest child was left with her aunt. She and her brother Jimmy were sent to a poorhouse in Tewkesbury, Massachusetts. Her brother died four months later, also of tuberculosis. During her time at Tewkesbury, she had three failed eye operations. Conditions in poorhouses, sanitariums, orphanages, etc. was very poor in the 1800s. However, the poorhouse she was in had so many reports of cruelty towards inmates, sexual perverted practices, and even cannibalism that an investigation was launched into the poorhouse. One of the investigators was a man who founded the Perkins School for the Blind in Boston. It is reported that this little girl jumped in front of the inspector and said, I want to go to school. Because of this, she was eventually sent to the Perkins School for the Blind. She did not fit in. She was rough. She came from a very low socioeconomic class background. And as a fellow Irishman, I can say she had the Irish temper. Eventually, though, she graduated valedictorian of her class. She learned finger speaking from the first person with deaf blindness to get a formal education, Laura Bridgman. She had several more eye operations that actually did improve her vision. Upon graduation, she was terrified. Remember, she had no family, no money, no one to turn to, very poor vision, and no prospects, and she had to leave the school and everyone she knew and fend for herself. Luckily, the director of the school was contacted by a man named Arthur, who was searching for a teacher, governess, to take care of his seven-year-old daughter who had lost her sight and hearing at age 19 months. So this 22-year-old, partially blind young woman, leaves everything and everyone she knows and goes from the liberal northern state of Massachusetts to the deep south, Alabama. She did not hit it off with her employers. She immediately argued and had trouble with them, as she was a poor northern liberal and they were rich and had owned slaves themselves less than 20 years before. Their child, who had lost all sight and hearing at 19 months, was wild, unkept, and undisciplined, and there was no way to communicate with her. This inexperienced 22-year-old used the cutting-edge research that she had learned to no avail. After months of effort, there was no progress at all with the child and she could not find a way to communicate with her. She changed tactics and taught her student based on her own interests. She isolated her from her parents and everyone else so she was completely 
forced to rely only on her. Eventually, miraculously, she broke through. Six months after the initial breakthrough, her student could communicate with 575 words, had learned Braille and a few multiplication tables. Her parents sent her and her now 23-year-old teacher back to the Perkins School for the Blind. Eventually, this girl, now eight, named Helen Keller, became the first deaf-blind person to ever receive a bachelor's university degree. Her teacher, Ann Sullivan, was Helen's teacher, then mentor, then friend, and finally companion for the next 49 years. At the age of 22, Helen Keller wrote her autobiography, which is still in print 140 years later and has been translated in over 50 languages. Helen Keller wrote 13 more books and also founded HKI, which combats causes and consequences of blindness in 22 countries. Helen co-founded the American Civil Liberties Union, which is nationwide in the U.S. and has over 500,000 members. She was an early backer of the NAACP, which led the civil rights movement in the 1960s. Helen and Ann were involved in women's suffrage, labor rights, disability rights, and the promotion of world peace. They inspired thousands around the world through their public speaking and inspire millions more to this day. Helen Keller was awarded the highest civilian honors available in Brazil, the Philippines, Japan, Lebanon, and the United States. Helen Keller and Ann Sullivan were awarded multiple honorary degrees from universities, including Harvard. They became friends with presidents, first ladies like Eleanor Roosevelt, actors like Charlie Chaplin, and authors like Mark Twain, who called Ann Sullivan the miracle worker. What do we learn from them? Well, many, many things. A few might be the following. First, it doesn't matter where you started out, it's where you end up. Would anyone truly consider that Ann Sullivan, a poor blind orphan girl, would go on to directly and indirectly inspire millions, even to this day, as well as help through her activism, millions of others? Would anyone really believe that a wild, untamed, blind and deaf seven-year-old girl, decades before women even had the right to vote, who could not even behave or communicate with the world around them, would later be found out by testing to have the exact same IQ as Stephen Hawking and Albert Einstein, and would change the world for people with and without disabilities all over the world and also inspire millions to this day? We also learned to ask for what we want without fear. What if Anne, as a young child, hadn't begged to be educated? Both she and Helen Keller would probably lie today in obscure graves, and their contributions would have all been lost. We also learned from Anne to keep going, even if we don't feel like we fit in, just like she didn't feel she fit in, as a rough, poor, uneducated person at Perkins School and as a poor white liberal in the deep, deep South. Furthermore, we are reminded that one person can make a big difference in someone else's life, as Ann Sullivan did to Helen Keller, and that person can go on and make a big difference in others' lives, and that's how we change the world for the better. And finally, we are reminded that there are two kinds of people in the world and two kinds of people listening to this show. The first, 
who will give up on themselves because they don't think they can, who will also give up on others because they don't believe in them either, or they think it's too hard or not worth the effort. And then there's the other kind of person who does believe in themselves, who will try even if they and others think all is lost, and will not give up in what they think is best for themselves and for their fellow man. The real question, as always, is which kind are you? This inspirational message was brought to you by Save-A-Lot Beds. Come down to Save-A-Lot Beds. You deserve a great night's sleep at 634 Port Road in Beverly or call 1-300-791919.